Hey everybody, it's Hollywood Steve here with the second episode of Legacy of Brutality. I'm here with my co-host and your, your pal, pal Martin. <laughs> hey. Hey, she's the Fonz now. So, <laughs> uh, today we are getting into the the history, the origin of Halloween episodes and Halloween specials. Uh, and we're going to be leading you up to one date, October 27th, 1966. Um, but we're going to start... A little bit off path in Cleveland on October 10th, 1921. So, this was the first celebration of Sweetest Day. Sweetest Day. Sweetest Day. S W E E T E S T. Is this like a like a Valentine's yeah. like romance day type of Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, the idea you're going to give candy to the person you love, right? Okay. Such an organic idea <laughs> that it uh it stemmed out of just an unlikely source uh 12 confectioners uh that shared <laughs> Chaired by the candy maker C.C. Hartzell, uh, had sat down and decided that they wanted to sell more candy. That sounds in like October. a candy maker's name, by the way. C.C. Hartzell, yes. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's like that yeah. sounds like a man who makes candy. Yeah, he absolutely did. He also made up a holiday in October because he wanted to sell more candy in the fall. Now that's okay. interesting. Yes. That is interesting to me. I'm seeing some connections here mm-hmm. to something of more familiar holiday, perhaps. Right, right, right. So let's rewind a bit. Let's talk about Halloween. And I know I'm not going to give you. We're not talking Samhain. We're not going. We're not going to talk about days. all the histories of why we have the the Frankenstein holiday that is American <laughs> Halloween. Uh, because it, you know, honestly. That that history has been repeated over and over and over, and it honestly barely scratches the surface of why American Halloween is mm. what it is. Like, culturally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we will start, though, with it, it, it largely does originate from Irish and Scottish immigrants bringing over particular elements that we do recognize like guising and and jack-o'-lanterns jack-o'-lanterns things like uh the you know um the the tricks the pranks that that element definitely Mm. was 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 brought over and so you see a rise in those things in the cities but halloween celebration also was just like a part of fall celebration like fall celebration was a regular thing in america different types of things that 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 people would do uh Mm. from october you know all the way through november uh thanksgiving was often a day where certain things that we associate with halloween were early like elements like jack-o'-lanterns can be seen as part of uh, mm. Thanksgiving celebration okay. early on as well. Uh, and in fact, in the 1920s in New York City, kids dressed up and went around, um, you know, doing their little uh, Halloween activities on Thanksgiving. Okay. Yeah. So it wasn't like October 31st was the day. No, no. And, and yeah, well, October 31st was All Hallows' Eve. It mm. was Halloween, but the... The, the, the traditions the, weren't confined to that day. The traditions weren't confined to that day. Uh, in fact, the, the pranks and stuff got to a level that part of the reason why the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade was created in 1924 was to curb... Some of the pranking <laughs> of and course. to get children to be, you know, entertained by something else That's throughout like the day. The epitome of like pizza party. Right. Uh-huh. Like if you're good, yeah. Yeah. we'll give you a pizza party. It's like just a distraction from Yeah. Well, and the thing is, like, even in the nineteen twenties, you do see people talking about how they had 
lost something from the old celebrations and those old celebrations that they were talking about really the 1890s to 1910s and even in the 1920s those celebrations were the holiday itself was more associated with love okay the so holidays like- being celebrated around them not not exactly halloween but certainly halloween itself too mm-hmm. games that were played were often matchmaking games it's getting cold yeah get you a lover it, oh exactly yeah. and so this is where we need to just really get to the primal reason that all of these things even exist it's because that's the clock that so many of the humans who live in northern climates mm. in the northern hemisphere go through of this very particular season to season change and specifically that the summer is the time when you do the work and then after the harvest after you've done the preservation and you've you know ground up the wheat and decided which wheat is going to be used to make beer mm-hmm. and you've preserved the fruit you can which fruit's going to make wine and mm-hmm. you're doing all that and you're leading into the cold months and you've got all this wine you've got yeah. all this beer yeah. and you've got nothing to do right I mean, honestly, biologically, it's time to get busy, right? (laughs) It's time to celebrate. It's time to find somebody and hole up and and it's cuffing season, right? Yeah. Wait out, wait out the bitter months of the year. Be warm. Yes. So, so much of like what we would consider, you know, our Halloween festive desires Mm -hmm. are really primal desires. Their desire for... Uh, that time of rest mm-hmm. after all the work, that time of leisure and that time mm-hmm. of getting together. And so much of early Halloween celebrations in the United States are that. They are people getting together to relax, to enjoy the fruits of the fields, to mm-hmm. enjoy you know the, the harvest that's come in and to have some, maybe get, get a little bit yeah. close with each other. Yeah. A lot of the uh, games, apple-related games. Mm. Uh, you know, aside from you know, we we see bobbing for apples, but mm. you know, uh, uh, snap apple, and we'll talk about that in several of the Halloween uh-huh. episodes and things that we talk about. We see that a lot early on. Snap apple is a game that can get sensual, yeah. and there's also there's some flirtation going right. on there. And there's also uh, a game of uh, an apple game where you were supposed to hold an apple between your foreheads for as long <laughs> as possible, which is essentially yeah. you're close enough to Staring. kiss. Like, yeah. And then, of course, there were the games that were like supposed to predict your future lover or whatever. All of those things were wrapped up in this. So you can see why... Um, sweetest day was their first swing at marketing yeah yeah because they're like oh this is like a love associated thing interesting but what we also see in the 1920s and the 30s is a rise in pranking just this Mm. rise in kids doing destructive stuff or at least that's how the histories that you read a lot seem to to summarize it but they seem to forget a little thing about the 1920s and 1930s mm-hmm. it was a time of huge income inequality oh oh so <laughs> so why do we not have peace here right now oh because uh-huh. why why are we why why are we seeing so many broken windows and burnt buildings that's interesting why are people protesting? <laughs> and why is it, when we look at the histories, that the history phrases it as pranks mm-hmm. and things? When what it seems to very much be is an outgrowth of income inequality, mm. an anger, yeah, a rage at empty properties, which mm-hmm. are usually what was set on fire. Empty okay. properties when people are homeless post-World War One. So the, the, this idea that there's definitely enough to go around, but it's being hoarded. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and it's interesting that the 
concept then that you can buy off these tricksters with treats. Mm -hmm. It's an interesting way to characterize it because let's say, for instance, you're raging because you don't have enough to eat Mm -hmm. and they give you food. Yeah. Maybe you don't burn that house down. Maybe you don't bash in that gate. Maybe... You move past that house. It's the pizza party. <laughs> it's the pizza party. Yes, it is the temporary solution yeah. to the much larger problem. But the entire concept then that by the 1920s, people are complaining about how out of hand it's getting mm-hmm. and that there needs to be a solution to it and that treats are a solution. Now... Candy has not been connected directly mm-hmm. in the sense of going and buying a bunch of candy at the store to, to hand, hand out. out to kids. You might make your own candy, uh-huh. and that certainly was a thing. Vinegar candy was a popular okay. candy to hand Sounds out. Sounds like something I never want to experience. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, but candy was something maybe you might hand out, but the more likely thing was uh, was nuts because okay. they just come in, apples. Just been okay. harvested. Yeah. Um, dried fruits. Uh, Once again, yeah. it's the time of year for that. Exactly. Or maybe apple cider or some sort of pastry huh. or something that you made that day. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So trick or treat kind of starts with this income inequality, this anger, and that continues for a good bit. I mean, mm. the, the, the Great Depression lasted through 39 and it's not like the effects were gone by then right yeah Yeah. so that that becomes a huge element of it and the beginning of the push uh by like social leaders and local like churches and stuff to get the pranks under control starts to lead to more trick-or-treating being adopted now trick-or-treating we see the earliest like uh that we see some sort of like north american discussion Mm -hmm. of that is in canada okay so in ontario province i believe um like the phrase trick-or-treat or or yeah yeah the actual phrase Uh, it was tricks or treats okay yeah and we, we do see that in several of the things that we watched so uh, we see that in Canada, and it slowly kind of moves down mm-hmm. to the northern areas. So, in David Skull's book, Death Makes a Holiday, which I highly recommend, a uh, good history of Halloween, he actually says there's strong evidence that Halloween tricksters were being bought off with candy as early as 1920 because there's packaging for Z Jumbo Jelly Beans, which manufactured here in Portland, Oregon. That contained the prominent message, stop Halloween pranksters. Okay. Yeah. So, candy was an element of trick-or-treating, for sure. But it still hadn't gotten to the point where it was was so widespread because trick-or-treating was very regional. Uh, like when it happened, as I said, you had trick or treaters uh, in New York City on mm-hmm. on uh, uh, Thanksgiving. Uh, when it happened, what was given out? What uh, you know? What if any threat there actually was? How much like uh, of a Halloween costume was involved? Mm-hmm. But what we do know is that throughout the twenties and thirties, predominantly, what was going on at Halloween in most of the United States was uh, Halloween parties. Like, okay. you know, um, decorating for Halloween. They're, they're, we start to see, like, um, magazine articles and, like, things produced about how to, like, decorate your home for sure. Halloween and whatnot. How, but, to, how to sell th- decorations to people that are... <laughs> sure, that's definitely a thing we do see in the in the, the 30s is a rise of like actually selling Halloween costumes mm-hmm. and Halloween decorations in certain areas. Uh, because the costumes were a part of the party because masquerade parties were all the rage sure. throughout that time. Yeah. Masquerade parties uh, from the late 19th century into the early 20th were... were pretty much like your standard your go-to mm. uh if you were going to throw a big party so 
the idea then around Halloween that the the costumes got a little more uh, you know spooky and whatnot sure. was definitely there, but. There was also, you know, it was very much acceptable to go to a party with, like, a dress that you had painted, like, the uh, black cats on mm. or something like that. Just the idea of something spooky. Themed yeah. towards. Yes, exactly. Okay. So, uh, yeah, so that what you got going on then is that you've got the kids having their little Halloween parties and whether or not they trick-or-treat is regional. But, you know, they're having... Uh, apple cider donuts and mm. and all the things that you have around fall. The adults having their Halloween party, which is more adult, definitely going to have bit booze more and romantic. Whatnot. Yeah, bit more romantic things going on with some of the games. Um, and then the teens are kind of left to their own device, which is where you get a lot of the actual like bonfires and property destruction that's going on. Which you know we see that. At the very least, I remember that well into my teens. I'm sure it's still kind of going on in certain areas because you have things like Devil's Night and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we what we do see here, though, is that trick-or-treating moves slowly from Canada down into the northern states. Um, and we do kind of get, like, you know... Um, a pretty universal treatment of it like that that not every adult is going to do it uh you're not going to get something from every house mm. and so the the trick has to be kind of a real threat you know yeah like yeah a actual incentive exactly. to participate yeah and, and you know we're, we're you know we're living in a day and age where the, the trick is just Really, I mean, trick, trick or treats the magic spell you say to get yeah. the candy. You don't. It, there's no trick. If an adult didn't, you, you, just you go, still can't do anything uh, oh, about okay, it. Okay, walk away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, but this, yeah, the trick had to still be kind of a a, a ready element of yeah. it. All agency has been taken away yes. from tricksters on Halloween. That's true. We really, we really lost our trickster agency, but. This is a time where it's still a ready threat. So mm-hmm. you do want to have something to give away to the kids. So pennies were also given, et cetera. And that actually, I still remember getting pennies as a kid. And huh. Way different by the 1980s to get a penny. Yeah. <laughs> more of a, it's more of an uh, insult. An insult honestly. for sure. Yeah. You spent yeah. less like, doing I that than you did candy on candy. with this if I wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> so um. anyway, yeah. The, 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 the change over to candy starts to happen in the thirties, but we see what we, you know, would maybe consider. It's not, uh, it's not a, it's not an episode cause it's not television. Mm-hmm. Uh, so some of the first things we're going to talk about are not television cause television is not, uh, either not, you know, nationally broadcast sort of thing. A lot of local things in the early days and there not a lot of people had television, et cetera. But people went to, to the, movies. the movies and they saw these little shorts maybe before the movie they wanted to see. Going to the movies was a pretty regular occurrence. So this Felix the Cat Switches Witches in 1927 was uh, is interesting. Like we, we watched it and it has some of the elements that we've been talking about. But there's there's no real like... Halloween party or anything it's it's only focused on the tricks mm-hmm. right like Felix is up to to mischief mischief and it's also meta in the fact that Felix seems to know he is an animated thing and, he, and all things are animated and you exert can just, his will on right. the other animations yes. and make them do things yeah so he just kind of like switches different assets of the animation and creates new things like Frankenstein character. Yeah, like a Frankenstein horse bicycle yeah. thing. Yeah. Um and then also we have a, a witch involved that um is an interesting portrayal. We're gonna be talking about portrayal mm. of witches specifically because um it they're throughout Everything that we really see in in the early bit of the like attempt to create some sort of Halloween themed entertainment 
there's always a witch. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's always the same sort of witch. Side profile, big nose, mm-hmm. big chin, worn on pointy nose, hat. pointy hat, flying on a, on a broom, uh, you know, black cats involved, etc. This is an interesting thing because when you look at Halloween cards, which was a thing in the early 20th century, how like you sent Halloween cards to people. Mm-hmm. When you look at Halloween cards and you look at portrayals of witches on them, they're usually wearing colorful clothes. They're usually okay. actually more like, uh, like considered more beautiful, like more ethereal, mm-hmm. etc. The not scary, s- not scary. Yeah. The switch over to the scary, witch. Um, you know, it, it happened pretty abruptly, it seems like, and I couldn't find exactly what it was. There was a candy that had this sort of profile on it and it may have, it, it may have kind of influenced that connection with, with Halloween, but witches were always, of course, connected with Halloween in America because of Salem and Mm. our, you know, weird fascination with, with witches around the, the fall times um but there was there was just this you know from felix on this very clear defined um type of of scary witch Mm -hmm. and the interesting thing about the one here in felix is that it actually turns out to be his girlfriend in In disguise disguise. so you've got the guising you've got the tricks um we also see like uh Owls a lot associated with Halloween throughout the these early things, and of course, you know, I guess owls are spooky. I I, I just mm-hmm. don't think about yeah, owls. not like that's not Halloween. the first thing I think of yeah. either. <laughs> but yeah, so that that early Felix the Cat in 1927 is it's clearly doing a Halloween thing. It's trying to f- be Halloween focused, and this idea that entertainment would be focused toward Halloween. At at first to me, it was like, oh, why wouldn't it involve anything with children? And then I I had to like do a step back and Mm -hmm. I realized Felix was an adult cartoon. Like uh, Felix eventually was like toned down to be more about like kids stuff. But the early Felix the Cats were supposed to be for adults. It was like, look at this cool thing I made other adults mm. not hey kids what yeah, do you think yeah yeah look at this yeah. art form that we're working right. <laughs> on i'm going to show it to children right <laughs> so yeah so this was supposed to be for adults so um hmm. it, it changes then your expectation like okay so then adults they they were interested also in tricks and we do see that in the next one we're going to talk about which is betty betty boops mm-hmm. Halloween party that it again Betty Boop is an adult cartoon right and the focus of it is a party that they're having and not anything related to kids no kids show up there are no kids in Halloween costumes nothing it is just adult Halloween party the adults of course being animals because yeah, right. Betty Boop's the only she's human. the only human yeah, yeah so like the early stuff we see focused toward Halloween is also fo- focused toward adults and therefore like focused toward what adults are doing at the time. And that makes all the sense in the world too, as we said, that Halloween uh, is is still not this child focused holiday and trick or treating has not spread everywhere yet. And it, isn't fully associated just with Halloween. Yeah. It's almost like were kids just getting into mischief more easily because adults were off yeah. having their own parties? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And the kids were kind of left to do their own thing and of course they're going to get into some right, trouble. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. Mom and dad are gone. I but mean, that is the that's premise. That's a beautiful of, tradition too, yes. though, that the adults want to have fun so much that they don't care mm-hmm. that there's going to be a little mischief. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and so, yeah, that the, these early, you know, 1927 uh, and then Betty Boop is in 1933. These early kind of Halloween focused uh, entertainments are clearly more adult. And 
we start to see throughout the 30s a much more of a rise in trick-or-treating because of the attempts to curb the tricks. Mm. And also the adoption of giving out candy as part of that. To sell more candy. Yes, because guess what? They were just trying to push real hard in the 1920s. Sweetest day. So by 1937, the New York Times was reporting that the National Confectioners Association had launched a huge movement through the candy industry to rank Sweetest Day up there with Mother's Day and Father's Day. So... They were pushing for more candy to be sold in October. So you've got candy sitting around. Mm-hmm. You give it to the kids. Guess what? The kids love. They love candy. I found this out from being a kid. <laughs> right. Kids love candy. So yeah, you got candy sitting around from Sweetest Day celebrations. Perhaps there's, there's a lot more candy being sold in general because of... Sugar, because of World War One, we mm-hmm. got a whole lot of sugar by going and killing people. Um, and that led to cheaper sugar prices and the production of sugar skyrocketing and cheaper sugar and the need to give kids treats. To if candy is from- cheaper than an apple, you're going to give them candy, right? Yeah. Yeah, so candy starts to become associated much more. But then, boom, the 1940s, we've got World War II. Mm. America enters World War II in 42. Sugar rationing becomes pretty common. Uh, that meant far less candy production. And that meant you're not going to be giving candy out during trick-or-treat, but also, largely, municipalities banned masks during Halloween because what if a, a German saboteur were to show oh up? Oh, my gosh. Mask? Yeah. Okay. So, there, the... A short, a very small right. <laughs> spy walking right. around in a mask. Exactly. So, the, the push by the candy industry that had finally taken kind of gets, like, pulled back mm. here... And the war effort is is far more important. But we do see what I would call a, a Halloween episode, Halloween mm-hmm. special, come out here. Um, and, you know, total racism warning. Yeah. Uh, this is from 1944. Uh, yeah. It, and it has uh, definitely offensive stereotypes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's truly just a sad, ugly product right. of its time. Sorry, 1942. But yeah, sad, ugly product of its time. Well, you say ugly. Unfortunately, it's not ugly. It's Ray Harryhausen. Yes. The, the sentiment of it is what's ugly. But the, the sentiment ugly. is ugly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, but Jasper uh, and the Haunted House is interesting because it is it is it released around Halloween. Mm-hmm. It is horror adjacent, horror focused. Yeah, which we've seen gothic, with, spooky things. Right. Yeah. With with Felix and with Betty Boop, they had some like gothic spookiness to them. But overall, it's like a a jovial kind of silly mm-hmm. atmosphere. Whereas this is going for haunting, it's going for scary itself. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is, I mean, because we're dealing with sugar rationing at this point, And that kind of gets mentioned because Jasper is carrying a gooseberry pie that uh, the scarecrow wants to take from him. And the the scarecrow also mentions uh, people being drafted, the ghosts not being in this haunted house because they were drafted to fight mm-hmm. in World War II. So there, there's this connection with what's going on in, you know... That era of the era, Halloween. And, and not focusing it on, like, trick-or-treating or parties or treats. anything because there's a sugar ration mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Of course, it still falls back on <laughs> racism entirely, which... Uh, kind of you know is an issue that that definitely was happening back here at home when you don't want people focused on the fact that they can't have sugar hey what about racism yeah yeah 
Um, so that was it is it is this kind of encapsulation of what was going on at the time that kind of also like you know, I I was really questioning like, okay, so there's this rise in trick or treating, there's this rise in in candy eating and and all that being associated. You know, Halloween costumes are starting to be sold by the late 30s by companies. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't we see more Halloween focused media stuff focused toward kids? And I think, yeah, it, it, the 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 fact that candy wasn't being pushed because of sugar rationing meant there wasn't a lot of money in the idea of pushing that, right? Like yeah. talking about that just tells people like, hey, you remember the cool thing you yeah, got? Yeah, here's to the do? thing you can't have anymore. Right, right. Yeah. So you're not We don't want to remind people that they're miserable. Exactly. Yes. We do by 48 get another, I would say, Halloween focused cartoon, Mighty Mouse, mm-hmm. the witch's cat. Uh, and this one has a lot of what we've seen before, uh, you know, jack-o'-lanterns celebration, celebration. They're having a little party. They're, they're, you know, having their treats, doing their Their snap apple and they're, yeah. Uh, and then the witch that looks just like we said that in the other two, uh, just the side profile with the big nose and, and all that stuff. And, you also have the black cat, but in this case, the black cat isn't scary. It's dumb, uh, which is fun, but Again, you're getting back to a party atmosphere here in 48. Like, okay, we can we can have a good time. We can breathe a little bit. We now. can breathe a little bit. Yeah. But it's still not what we would think of when we think of like a Halloween special, a Halloween cartoon or whatever. That's coming right up though. <laughs> Very interesting thing. 1952 was just a launch pad for Halloween episodes and specials. And it's very interesting. I, I mean, I don't know. Uh, I don't know exactly how to describe what happens here because in October 10th, 1952, mm-hmm. Disney releases Donald Duck's Trick or Treat, which is a short that is shown uh, at movie theaters. And a lot of historians, uh, uh, Halloween historians, look to this as like one of the like most important like Halloween focused pieces of media that came out that time that kind of solidified nationally what, what to expect, yeah. like what yeah, this what celebration is Halloween looks like. Yeah, it's okay. supposed to have these elements. Kids are supposed to dress up in costumes. They show up for for treats and if you're good if you're not a jerk like donald duck Mm -hmm. you give them treats and they move right on but if you're bad then bad things happen to you so you you better make sure you're prepared to give out candy to give out candy on halloween you don't want to be the only person not giving out candy on halloween how interesting how interesting and then um October 25th, the Jackie Gleason show, or the Honeymooners, uh, before the Jackie Gleason show, Halloween Party was the name of the segment. It's about nine minutes long. Um, It is much more adult-themed. I would say in line with Felix the Cat and Betty Boop. It's adults without kids talking about going to a Halloween party. They're putting together their costumes. There's, you know, none of the other real trappings of Halloween because... uh, they don't have kids so they're not like decorating and stuff and they're not having the party at their house so they're just getting ready to go to a halloween party that's clearly uh, a a fun interesting uh moment with the cramdens mm-hmm. like really like it, it is funny i, I yeah, enjoyed it was, it was fun to watch but then back in the family friendly zone just six days later The Adventures of Ozzy and Harriet on Halloween night played an episode called Halloween Party. And if you were an individual in 1952 who did not know what Halloween is, Ozzy and Harriet will spoon feed it right directly to you. Here is what Halloween is. Here is what we do. Here is what people dress up as. Here are the things you are supposed to do. It shows us kids getting dressed up. It shows us Halloween parties being planned. It shows us trick-or-treating happening. It shows us appropriate age limits for trick-or-treating. Like, yeah, it really does just kind of become like a manual 
you know, yeah. to reference how to celebrate this holiday. It does. And I don't know. I mean, listen, I this this is the character of the show you're listening to right here. So just get used to this. But I just don't know if this um, this headline from the October 18th, 1952 New York Times has anything to do with this. It says here, sugar price at new 1952 high. That's interesting. If you were trying to sell candy and sugar prices were high and you could get your folks over in various media organizations to really push the idea like, hey, you know, Halloween is this and you're supposed you're to supposed buy candy. You're supposed to hand out candy And you're to supposed kids. to hand it out. You wouldn't oh. hand out candy to a child? What are you? Do you even have a heart? I'm just saying to you, maybe if you're listening and saying, that sounds ridiculous. You know what else sounds ridiculous? 12 men in Cleveland sitting down with candy maker C.C. Hartzell and deciding <laughs> they want to sell more candy in October. And inventing a holiday. And inventing a holiday to do it. Day. Yeah. Because the reason why it is so very interesting is that this moment where you have three very pointed Halloween focused things in just that one month of Reaching that year. across every demographic. Yeah. What you would think then, oh, it's going to be followed up by several. Like, why wouldn't you do it again the next Halloween? Well, they didn't. <laughs> and they didn't do it for a while. Like, you see some Halloween episodes start to pop up from time to time, mm. but there's it was just still, was it Was it still kind of just largely, like horror-ish themed things spread out throughout yes. larger portions Yeah, that's of what the you year. see is a lot of Hanna-Barbera cartoons. And that's something we'll just have to talk about when we eventually do the history of Scooby-Doo. Yes. That Hanna-Barbera cartoons were always trying to find a foothold for spooky stuff. Mm-hmm. And there's just, yeah, so many segments and whatnot of like Huckleberry Hound and, and things like that. And then, yeah, you see... Um, other cartoons stepping in, but you also see it in things like uh, Zorro and Lassie, um, Perry Mason. Like it, it, it's, it seems like a lot of different writers are like trying to get Halloween in there, mm. but it just wasn't taking entirely. It, it wasn't, wasn't concentrated right. yet. Yeah. And it's because, again, as I said, trigger treating still spreading. It's still not everywhere. Because the reason for the rise of trick-or-treating is not Donald Duck's Mm trick-or-treat. It is the easing of sugar rations, and it is the development of suburbs. So there's actually a place to do it. Yes. You know, there there are safe neighborhoods for kids to navigate. Yeah. Yeah. So you've just got this confluence of events that now trick-or-treating is becoming more widespread but it's not spread everywhere so you got this seeming push national push for hey this is what halloween is like you should celebrate it Mm -hmm. but it's still not everywhere so it's still not taking entirely but kids like it so it's it's in cartoons a lot uh yogi bear etc but then And this is just interesting because we start to see this rise by the 60s of outsiders as entertainment. Uh, And, you know, the the shows we're particularly going to be talking about, the Beverly Hills, Hillbillies, Adam's Family, and Bewitched are three examples. Of course, you got the Munsters, Mm. several others. Um, The Fish Out of Water, uh, the, you know... In the Beverly Hillbillies case, the uh, huge cultural uh, mm-hmm. conflict, etc. It became popular, and that's of course because we're we're seeing a whole lot of the same like things going on socially in the late fifties and early sixties. We're seeing this rise in, uh, you know, uh, the the search for civil rights. Uh, we're seeing, you know, honestly, like it. The research I was doing, like, among uh, the gay community throughout the 30s, 40s, 50s, like, Halloween was, like, so important because it was the night where you could be yourself. Yeah. Right? So, like, you're seeing, like, 
the social change that's going on starts to affect the types of entertainment that mm. people are interested in. A, a push for yeah. accepting people who are different from you and right. and acknowledging that their differences are not even just neutral, but they're good. Right. Exactly. Yes. The, the idea that, you know, it's not just to laugh at them, but yeah. that they're going to give us this new perspective. Right. Yeah. So the Beverly Hillbillies in uh, October 31st, 1962, this is their first season and they have a Halloween episode and it kind of does a lot of interesting things. It's, it's entitled trick or treat. And it's, I think, the sixth episode in the season. And so they've not been in Beverly Hills long. Mm. And the whole premise is Granny is mad that, you know, she doesn't know anybody and nobody wants to talk or change whatever. Change is hard. Yeah. Yeah. Change is hard. Granny's having a tough time. Uh, simultaneously, Ellie is uh, dressed up like a girl for the first time <laughs> in the series which is interesting that they put that on the Halloween episode yes. because Ellie is not. She dresses like right. a tomboy. She's a tomboy, yeah. yeah. So, uh, and we also have Jethreen in this epo- episode, which is Max Bear as Jethro, uh, or Max Bear, who plays Jethro, dressed up as a girl. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you also have this moment because Halloween is, it doesn't all hinge very much on Halloween, but then Halloween comes in and there's like these explanations of what's going on or whatever. And it, it it's very interesting because it feels like they are very much talking to the people outside of the suburbs and being like, Hey, this is what Halloween is. And like, it can be a good communal thing. See, it doesn't have to be like this bad thing. And what we do get to see is, you know, Granny, uh, you know, getting <laughs> treats from people <laughs> who think that they're dressed up like hillbillies. Uh, and uh, also, you know, Ellie Mae coming back to being completely tomboy, etc. Yes. But the, the, the whole show is kind of hinging on teaching these outsider hillbillies who don't know the suburbs or don't know these like tight neighborhoods this is what it is so by 62 we're still at a point where there's still this idea that some people need to be told what halloween is Mm. um but very interestingly just two years later we've got both the adams family which had just started uh this year and bewitched which had just started this year have halloween episodes and the Adams Family Halloween episode, of course, Adams Family, they're great, they're wonderful, they're outsiders who are wholesome and lovely, who just happen to like weird, spooky, crazy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. They're just sweet goth, goth people. <laughs> yes, they're sweet goth people, yes. <laughs> and they allow in these, these criminals uh, who they think are trick-or-treaters, and um, the criminals, of course, are trying to take advantage of them, but the Adams don't care uh, and are just freely giving of the things that they have and, and whatnot. And uh, it, it really is like much more of this, just like wholesome vibe about mm. Halloween. Like instead of being Ozzy and Harriet, where it's like this forced wholesomeness, it's, it's like, no, no, no. These are just people who love Halloween. They're the sweetest people in the world. Also be real careful at their house. Cause they have deadly stuff all over the place. <laughs> Um, so that and Bewitched, uh, 1964, The Witches Are Out. This episode is about uh, Darren being asked to uh, draw the traditional side profile ugly witch for this candy company. And of course, when uh, he takes this home to his lovely witch wife. She has an issue with it. Yeah. Yeah. I imagine being portrayed that way would not go over well. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) And so the whole episode is essentially about, uh, you know, learning to get past these stereotypes, which is a real like simple message, but also like they're, they're trying and also embracing Halloween, which is something you see about Bewitched because Bewitched has... I believe five out of eight seasons they have a Halloween episode. Okay. So they're real dedicated That's to That's cool. It. Yeah. 
And they're real dedicated to it in a way that is kind of like trying to bring back old traditions of Halloween about it being more about the adults mm-hmm. and about it being more about the spooks and it being more about like the, the, the silly mischief, like, mischief yeah. stuff. Yeah. That being the, the focus, uh, makes the bewitched Halloween episodes just feel so much like the Halloween episodes you know and love from eighties, nineties and beyond, mm. you know, like, that's the thing we want, right? Is the Adams family, the bewitch. We want it to be like, oh, these are people who love Halloween. Yes, wholesome. Yes. Yeah, it's not like uh, a a chore or something you're right. peer pressured into. It's like a, a feeling that you want to participate in. Yes, and and that is exactly why we love Halloween episodes and specials. And this all leads, of course, to. October 27th, 1966. This is a special night, Mm -hmm. I think. It is the night, of course, that Bewitched third season Halloween episode (laughs) premiered. Uh, But it is the night that It's the Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown premiered. The first nationally televised Halloween special. special. Yeah. It is... Much like the earlier stuff that we talked about, it is made specifically for Halloween. It is not an episode of television because there was no Charlie Brown show, but Mm -hmm. Charles Schultz had done two other specials up to this point. He had done the Christmas special and then just a separate Charlie Brown special in between. And this one, they really asked him to go all out. They wanted it to be a blockbuster. (laughs) And he had done some Halloween-themed strips before in the 50s. And so he kind of drew from that. And, uh, you know, that's why if you you watch the the, uh, Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown special... It, you're not seeing a reflection of necessarily what was going on in 1966. In kind of calling back to those yeah. older If you stories. look at, say, like, uh, go back to uh, Beverly Hillbillies, uh, go back to uh, even uh, the Ozzy and Harriet, you look at the costumes and stuff. They're homemade. Mm-hmm. They tend to be... Uh, sorry, not the Beverly Hillbillies, but go back to Ozzy and Harriet and... Um, uh, the honeymooners, sorry, honeymooners, yeah. yeah, yeah, those are their homemade costumes. The kids that show up uh, at uh, Ozzy and Harriet's house, other than their own kids who had made their costumes, are wearing just like a, a Halloween hat. hat. Halloween hats and Halloween masks and whatnot were starting to become more popular by the the uh, early '60s. That was the thing. Mm-hmm. Like you may make your own costume, like we see in the Charlie Brown special, mm-hmm. but the more likely thing is you're going to have a mask of a popular theme of the year. Maybe it's Zorro. Maybe it's Tarzan. Maybe, you know, whatever was the popular thing that year. You're probably wearing a plastic mask and a plastic smock that is to go with the mask. (laughs) Um, I I even saw pictures of, you know, like Spider-Man and stuff in New York City in 1962. So, like, yeah, like, by this point... It is much more like kids buy the costume at the at the store and go out and get candy. Um, and there's far less of what we see in it, uh, the Great Pumpkin, where we see kids getting together for a little like make your own costume and have a little games party, and then they go trick or treating, and then you know, uh, you know, enjoy the spoils of their trick or treating. Mm-hmm. That that was a more 50s style whereas in this case there probably may have been depending on your cultural your region there may have been like a party for the kids but it much more was all the kids are out on the street in the neighborhood like who would be having the kid party you know they're all out trick-or-treating which kind of ends up eventually putting a damper on the adult party when you have kids because you have to supervise the kids. Somebody has to supervise the kids because, and, and we're not going to get too far in the weeds on this, the rise of poison candy <laughs> mythology had already started. It hadn't even like hit like the, the extent it would get to by the 80s, but it had already started. 
And also kids, of course, would get hit by cars and stuff. So parents had started with this like more, I have to take my child trick-or-treating. So it kind of ends up eliminating adult parties. But what we do see throughout this um, special is just like this really kind of nostalgic view of Halloween, which is probably why it hit so well. Because the kids watching it enjoy it because it's peanuts and mm-hmm. it's well animated. It's and about it's fun them. And it's, it's about cute. kids. And they want to go do that stuff. Yeah. But the adults watching it are like, that was what Halloween was like when mm-hmm. I was a kid. Mm-hmm. So you you get then this special that 49% of people watching television that night watched. Mm-hmm. That I mean, it's only three channels. I know, but the ratio should be about thirty percent, right? Not forty nine percent of people watched this. Um, they they did miss Twitch or Treat, which they should have watched that (laughs) um, as well. But most people, most people, almost half of the people watching TV that night saw this, and it aired then every year. Until 2020. Mm -hmm. It's now on Apple TV where it's free from the 28th through the 31st. So it's still kind of airing. I wish it was on broadcast It's still not very accessible. Right, exactly. It is out there. It's still out there. It's been seen by generations of people. It It is the definitive Halloween special. And it... It's interesting because it tries to harken back to an old time when Halloween was more simple. Mm. And as we've discussed, there never was a time when Halloween was really simple. No, there was always <laughs> there were always cultural things influencing the way right. that it was viewed and the way that it was celebrated. Right. And and it some of it is a full-on fabrication. Some of it in some ways, Halloween can be seen as a Hallmark holiday. Yeah. In that it, a lot of what we celebrate and do these days is largely just focused on buying a costume mm-hmm. and buying candy. And there's not even as much fun trick-or-treating anymore. It's much more focused on trunk-or-treat and just going to one location mm-hmm. because of safety. And that makes sense. Also, just the ease of of that. Because you don't get to take the whole night off and say, oh, you know, it was was Halloween last night. Of course, I'm a little hungover, you know? It's it's just continually taking the teeth out of the holiday. It is. It did used to be much more about... Uh, getting revenge or (laughs) playing tricks on the stingy people or whatever, sure. But it it's also constantly a response to what is going on. Mm -hmm. So we have far less leisure time. I mean, even even when we're talking about 40s, 50s, 60s, which is this huge increase in productivity and capitalism, and people are working a lot still, um, there, there, there was an idea that around holidays, of course, there's going to be less productivity. Mm. Uh, and we, these days, it's like everything is, it's like there's nothing that can get in the way of productivity. Right. And even if we produce the most that could possibly be produced, they want more. Mm-hmm. It is a, a constant consumer culture, which is what it you know, was, was forming at this point. And it kind of, you know, as you said, it takes the teeth out of what it used to be. It used to be, Hey, we're relaxing yeah, (laughs) because the harvest is in and we get to chill for a little while. We don't have to worry so much. We've got all these great things preserved, etc. It was a nice time to just relax and I that feeling still is there, right? We still want it. Yeah. We're excited for it every year. We just get less time to celebrate it. Mm-hmm. And I think that, like, you know, that that's what we need, is we need more time to relax and celebrate. Less productivity. Yeah, and, and like, not not falling into the the material aspect of it as much you know like 
making our own decorations sure like yeah. those are there's these traditions that we can bring back that Absolutely. are so so fun and in line with like the the vibes of the year yeah. that don't involve shelling out money to a corporation and i know we're basically talking to people who are like yeah halloween decorations like they don't have them up all year right round. i know <laughs> like, yeah, i, I do we too. do yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah no but I, I think you're right like yeah getting back to just like you know limit yourself to making your costume like i can only make my costume with the stuff i have available yeah, it's fun you know it's fun yeah i, I think just getting back to the premise that it's supposed to be fun it's mm-hmm. not supposed to necessarily be a night where you know you have this high pressure to have this the best costume right. and like to be, have the most fun at the party or whatever like it, it can just be like hey man we're relaxing this is great mm-hmm. everybody's got cool costumes i'm enjoying myself yeah i i, I think and i think a lot of you know a lot of adults have that experience mm-hmm. i mean you, you, especially if you don't have kids <laughs> it, it, can be, it can be hard to get away for yourself uh if you have kids but a lot of adults still do have that experience mm-hmm. and still do get to do that but it, it i feel like there there is a greatness to a regional halloween or a regional vibe of what goes on everything doesn't have to be so nationally syndicated mm-hmm. homogenized and homogenized yeah, yeah. And, and i think that like you know what we've traced here through these episodes and specials is that there was you know there was always a sort of like connection throughout from the 20s through to the 60s, a connection in the imagery of jack-o'-lanterns, the witches, the black cats, the owls. Always a connection of what was being celebrated and what, what the imagery was. And, and that is something that carries over. And I think that's something to celebrate is that yeah. we maintain a lot of the same vibe and, mm-hmm. and feeling and imagery. I... I I think that it it wouldn't be a bad thing if uh, perhaps we lived in a world where we could just toilet paper people's trees. <laughs> I'm saying a world where there's so much excess that everybody has enough, that everybody is so well taken care of that, yeah, you're, you're going to get your house egged because there's just so many eggs and it's fun. <laughs> Gosh. I'm just saying there there was there was something to the pranks yeah. that was much more I think yeah, than it was, just it, an outrage and an anger. It, at times it was about just hey, kids are scamps. Yeah, you got to remember. Mm-hmm. <laughs> be, be on the lookout. Yeah, be on the lookout. If you see a kid, you better have some treats, <laughs> right? Because they they're scams. Yeah, they might break your gate. That's what they used Listen, to do. They would I, break your gate. If I you I support it. I do a little bit too. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's awesome. And of course, we're gonna come back to this subject. Uh, There's so again. much. There's when so we much. First started looking into this we quickly realized oh we can't possibly fit everything into one episode there's so much here the boom after this from 66 um to 78 it becomes much more common for people to take swings at halloween because of the success of the you know Mm. uh great pumpkin and then by the 80s and 90s, it's just ubiquitous. Everywhere. Yeah. yeah. So we're, we're, you know, definitely going to have to come back to this and take a few more bites at it. But also, it brought up so many other subjects we could talk <laughs> about. And of course, we're skipping depictions of Halloween in films. Right. Like, we didn't, we're not even talking about Fantasia's. Just scratching predi- the surface. <laughs> right. Yeah. There's just so much going on. But I think, like, just through this, you really do get to see a pretty good depiction of just the the average Halloween from that period of, of 27 to 66. Just of how people kind of felt about it, what people thought about it, and mm-hmm. really just the, that final moment of the Great Pumpkin just hitting with everybody... Where it's, it's, it's either like hitting to people that they're like, I love Halloween... 
or it's hitting with people that are like, I didn't know about this, mm. but this is cool. Right. So, yeah, just a, a kind of perfect coalesced moment mm-hmm. that worked out. Um, so, anyway, uh, the, that was this episode. Next month, we are going to be talking about something near and dear to my heart. Mm-hmm. And that is professional wrestling. That's right. We're going to be talking about horror and professional wrestling. Uh, and if you um, want to head over to patreon.com forward slash legacy of brutality and become a patron, you will get access to our bonus features material, which essentially will guide you through our process mm. leading up to the actual episode. But yeah, so uh, we'll be talking about horror and wrestling in November. Um, and I'm super excited about it. I am too. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Bye.